You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things in the wide world of sports. Here's your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Andre Schaffine, and today I'm joined by Raven Freeman and Nathan Messina. How are we doing today? Doing good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, but we are now in the midst of sports as football, hockey, and baseball are all currently being played with the NBA around the corner, but we're going to start off talking about the LSU football team at the midpoint of the season. LSU improved to 5-2 and two after defeating Auburn by a score of 48-18. to 14, 48 to 18, excuse me. This was the sixth consecutive game that LSU tallied over 500 yards of offense, and that is the first time in LSU history that that's actually happened. So um, starting off with that elite offense, talk about how important it was for guys to step up with BTJ and Malik having slower nights. Yeah, I mean, the most notable guy that stepped up to me was Kyron Lacey. Um, he had six receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown. And the, the biggest thing for me is it's just really good to know that you have guys that you can rely on when you maybe can't rely on your star players like Malik and yep. Brian Thomas Jr., and it just shows that you have depth in this offense that you can rely on. Right. I completely agree with Nathan. It's crucial. And we saw that on Saturday night, talking about Kyron Lacey specifically. We got a taste of how this offense is still able to win games, even when one of our best wide receivers isn't playing well. I hope to see all of our receivers and wide receivers play to the best of their ability for the remainder of the season, not just Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. Yeah, and it's really important that these guys kind of show up and step up when those guys like BTJ and Malik Neighbors aren't doing as good, just because it allows guys... It allows for guys like Mason Taylor, Kyron Lacey to perform how they kind of did this past weekend. And we know what those guys are capable of. We just haven't had to see them step up like in a game like this where BTJ and Malik weren't doing as good. So I think we're going to continue to kind of see that as the season goes. But how impressive have the running backs looked and why should they all be used even if Logan Diggs has been that lead back. Yeah, I mean, the three of them, John Emery, Josh Williams, and Logan Diggs, they all combined for two touchdowns and 207 yards this week. Yep. Which, um, again, just goes back to my point, like with the receivers, that you have depth on this offense, which is so crucial in in having a successful team and a successful offense. Um, it's just, a, like I said with the receivers, you're able to rely on guys that aren't just your star players. Yeah. Right, I agree. And as far as why should they all be used, I mean, one, because stamina. I feel like our running backs never play tired because they each get playing time, so they each get rest. And two, because they're all so talented, obviously. I mean, each one of them having different playing styles, but being able to be quick and forceful whether the ball stays on the ground or is thrown is a key factor. Yeah, and with Logan Diggs really impressing on the ground, you have to still try and implement those other guys into the offense, whether that's in third-down packages, getting a block off, or if it's, that's in the passing game. And you see what else you kind of did this week, and John Emery and Josh Williams were both involved in the passing game very very um, largely. And then Josh Williams even had that touchdown. Caleb Jackson was involved in a few uh, carries as well as special teams. But it's just important because all of these guys have a role on this team And they played really, really well. So I think that's why everyone kind of gets along in that running back room and why they do so well. Um, But talk about how much Jaden Daniels has developed as a quarterback over the last year and what has kind of let him take complete control of this offense. Yeah, I mean, the biggest point, you know, that everybody makes is the evolution of the deep ball. I've talked about that a lot this year. But um, not even just that. I mean, he's throwing more accurate passes. He's got better pocket presence, better awareness. He knows when guys are coming at him. 
Um, he knows better when to roll out the pocket. He doesn't just immediately resort to running, running. like he did last year mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And just everywhere that you can improve as a quarterback, it feels like he improved. Um, even the number one quarterback in the country, number one quarterback in the country right now, yeah. Michael Penix, the Heisman favorite, Jane Daniels hasn't beaten almost every statistical category except passing yards. Yeah. Right. I don't think anyone could ask Daniels to be playing any better than he is right now. Yeah. And I, and I think it's been super cool to watch Jaden just evolve into that di- like completely different quarterback than what he was not only last year, but what he was at Flores. I mean, at Arizona State, he would not throw that deep ball last year, and he just did not like staying in the pocket at all at this time of year last season. Now you fast forward, the guy is just making plays everywhere with his legs, throwing it deep, just just improvising. He's emerged like Nate said into a top quarterback in college football. And that just shows how much he's improved this summer and how much smarter that he's got in just playing his game. So now the defense looked better this week, but you played Auburn. It's a great way to build up confidence leading into these next few weeks playing Army, and then you have the bye week to get some stuff figured out. So who were some guys that kind of stood out to you on the defensive side and why? Um, I have two. My first one is going to be Harold Perkins. Um, just He, he looks so much better than he did last night just since he has from that Florida State game. Um, he caught a lot of flack after that game. And then last night he had five total tackles, four of them solo, two tackles for loss, a sack, and uh, a pass breakup, which is just awesome to see after everybody said, like, oh, he can't play coverage, yada, 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 like just keep him as an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. He is playing both of those roles really well. Yeah. And then my second guy, Zai Alexander, um, had nine total tackles, six of them solo, and two pass breakups. Um which with a struggling DB room is nice. Very, very nice to have. Yep. Raven, who do you have? Yep. I had Zai Alexander as well, but my second one was Omar Spates. I mean, you could mm-hmm. tell he was fully back 100% Saturday night. He had eight tackles, two solo, yep. two of them were solo tackles, the second most in the game. And he's dealt with an injury all season. And I love how, despite that, he still played to the best of his ability. So it's nice to see him back. Yeah, I agree with you. And then I thought, like every both of y'all said, I thought Zai played really solid, especially in man coverage when he was tested. Uh, two pass breakups, and he just really played um, Jay Fair well. Um, that's Auburn's leading receiver. I also thought freshman Paris Shan did a really good job of getting consistent pressure to the quarterback and then getting into the backfield. He had one-and-a-half tackles for loss, and then he had a pass breakup as well. Um, so I thought – he did really well. And then also Greg Penn, he just played sound. I, I can't complain about this guy ever. He just always goes out there and does his job. Uh, but were we kind of, like Nate said, um, overreacting with Madhouse when he played with his placement of uh, Harold Perkins? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, he's drastically improved in that coverage role. And you could easily, I think, make the argument that he plays better coverage than any of the, the <laughs> defensive backs them, in this yeah. room. Definitely a good number of them. <laughs> um, I mean, we've seen him get an interception, several pass breakups over the last couple games. He even had one in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's out here stopping touchdowns and pass coverage. Yep. And my thing is people forget that he's going to be here for a whole other year, too. Yeah. Like, he's going to get even better than he is right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we overreacted, but... Look where it's gotten us now. Look where he's placed on the field and how he's played from at Florida State to now mm-hmm. versus Auburn and even Mizzou. I mean, it's like night and day. He's comfortable, which allows that beast in him to come out, forcing major pressure on whoever he's aiming to tackle. Yeah, and I th- I think like we said, we overreacted a little bit, but it was just it was justified because um if 
if you use Perkins in that role, like what he's been doing these past two weeks, it's a whole different, you know, situation. I think it also took Perkins a little while to get kind of used to that role that he's been seeing, but the guy's just been playing slot corner, linebacker, defensive end, you name it. This guy's been blowing up plays. He's doing what he does. And NFL scouts are going to have to fight over this man come another year. So as far as corner depth, I know it's shallow, but what do the defensive backs have to keep doing to hold up week in and week out? I mean, they have to match strides with the wide receivers they're covering better and also focus less on intercepting the ball. They're so focused on catching an interception, okay, now you're not playing coverage. Mm-hmm. So now even big, worse things could happen. I mean, these guys have missed multiple tackles all season. I feel like that's the issue why. Yep, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just stick to your assignments and and be physical, um, yeah. which is a thing that they did on, on Saturday night. Um, one of the biggest things I noticed them doing a lot better was turning their heads and making plays on the ball instead of just going for the guy you're defending. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing for me. Guys turning their heads. Mm-hmm. They're getting their hands on the ball. That's why you saw a lot more pass breakups yep. this game. Um, they are improving, but, you know, there's things to work on. Yeah, and, and like you said, they're, the mechanical the mechanics are looking more sound, and I think that comes with – not falling for the eye candy. And the eye candy is the quarterback, the quarterback scrambling. And that's always been LSU's problem for not only this year, but last year too. When when a quarterback would scramble, they would go off of their guy and they would try and go tackle the quarterback. Right. Well, that led to obviously big plays. And you let your defensive line and linebackers do that this weekend and look where it got you. I mean, I think yep. you just have to stay consistent in doing that. But what do you want to see this defense get fixed in the coming weeks? Um, I mean, you obviously still have coverage issues. You yeah. let up, you let Auburn have their first hundred yard passing game of the season, yeah. which is pretty not okay in my opinion from an LSU defense. But um, you also gave up eighteen points to this Auburn team, which Georgia gave up twenty. But other than that, everybody's held them like I think below fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would like to see a lot less points allowed from this defense. But at this point, you know, it's just you're gonna get what you're gonna get, and yeah. They they did, <coughs> excuse me. They did enough, which is um that's about what you're gonna get from these guys. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't like what you saw from Ole Miss. But what do you think? I mean, I just feel like consistency. Like Nathan said, they still gave up 18 points. This still wasn't the best. I mean, it was probably one of the best games for, of the season for our defense. But I feel like we're going more into a more difficult part of our season, and yeah. we can't afford to have any more bad games on the defensive side of the ball. If an okay Ole Miss offense can score 700-plus yards on our defense, I can only imagine how much uglier these games are going to get. Yeah, the the best game for our defense meant the best game for Auburn's offense. Right. Which is... Saying something. Yeah, yeah. it definitely says something. Yeah, and I I just want to see these LSU linebackers, defensive line, play smarter. And in terms of that, just fill the gaps better uh, when defending the run. It's got to get better soon, especially with a team that primarily runs it next week. You have... You have Army, and you know you're going to win this game, and then you have the bye week. Take both of those weeks to not only, one, get healthy, but two, figure some schematic issues going on with the LSU defense. And and now that Pete Jenkins is here, he can kind of get into depth with those issues. So we're going to move on to the NFL. We're going to talk about kind of some of the hot topics. This weekend, both the Eagles and 49ers fell this week. So who is still that clear number one team in the NFC? And both losses kind of fell just as brutal for both teams. But is it something to kind of freak out about for any of these teams? I think the Niners are still easily the best team, and not just the NFC, but the NFL. 
this yeah. this game like didn't change that for me. You're not going to go 17 and 0. Yeah, that's but true. both teams are going to be fine, especially the 49ers. Um, they had a lot of key players get hurt in this game. Obviously, the kicker missed that kick, which is usually Moody. pretty true. Yeah, yeah, pretty unacceptable. But um, it happens. And if I think if they didn't have those injuries, like Christian McCaffrey, Debo, you you probably win that game in a landslide. Yeah. Um, I think most of those guys, I'm pretty sure, are going to be coming back very soon. I just saw something a little while ago, like Christian McCaffrey's probably going to play on Monday. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, I don't really know how to explain that loss. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's, they, it's they, going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. But to Zach Wilson, man, it's kind of brutal. But um, <laughs> good prop, defense. Yeah. Props to the Jets, man, for fighting through some serious adversity this mm. season. They've shown, <coughs> excuse me, they've shown a lot of fight. Um, but I still think Philly's going to be fine. They're still a really good football team yeah. on both sides of the ball. I mean, yeah, to me, the 49ers are still the number one team in the NFC. Brock Purdy, along with the weapons he has surrounding him on both sides of the ball, as we all know, are usually unstoppable. I mean, I just truly believe they had a bad game. But as far as a loss feeling brutal, I feel like this loss to the Eagles – it meant a lot only More. because – so my dad is an Eagles fan, so yeah. I watch the Eagles every Sunday, and I just feel like they always keep it close. They're always winning by a field goal, a touchdown. And they let the Jets be the better team. I mean, I don't want to say this is the downfall for the Eagles cause it's, but it's because it's not, but I can definitely see them losing more games based off of this loss. Yeah, I think it just pointed out they, – they got their flaws pointed out finally. Right. The, as, as far as the Eagles – um, I don't. I don't think we have to freak out for both of these teams, but mm-hmm. it just shows that, like we said, both of them have flaws in their systems, and they they just. I think on the 49ers side, they just did not show up to play this weekend. Right. Um, both defenses played great, for San, but for San Francisco, once Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey went out, they had no clue what they were doing. Um, I think these teams will shape up, but I'm going to say the 49ers is obviously still the best team in the NFC. But the Lions defeated Tampa Bay by a score of 20 to six. Jared Goff is really proving himself to his doubters uh, this season, and the Lions are now 5-1. and one. Um, So what has helped Detroit really take this jump in their organization? Dan Campbell has. Yeah. Ever since he came in that building, the, the Lions have been on the come up, yep. um, especially after they brought in Jared Goff, too. That was a trade that really worked out for both sides, um, which is not something you see very often. Um, yeah, I mean, just you've, you've seen Dan Campbell, like, even with with not very good rosters, he's mm-hmm. won games and put fire and fight into these guys and play close. I know yeah. a lot of those games were just like last year when they didn't win a lot. They kept every single exactly. game close. Exactly, it was it was truly like a, a product. Those losses were a product of like just the the talent disparity. Yeah. Like if they had a couple of better guys, they won a lot more games last year. Um, yeah, I mean Dan Campbell has really changed this organization around. Right. I mean. I feel like Jared Goff's devotions to this Lions team. I mean, his first season as a Lion in 2021 wasn't his best. And he told his teammates and coaches, staff, he was the one to blame. And he, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I feel like Jared Goff's devotions to this Lions team, his first season as a Lion in 2021, he told his team and coaching staff he was the one to blame. He was going to play better. I mean, we hear that from a lot of QBs every season but actions speak louder than words since then like we said last season the lines improved a lot in this season they have a winning season yep. i feel like he's built trust and a healthy bond with this team and franchise and i feel like that shows out on the field yeah i agree with you but for me like other than dan and and J- jared 
I think the front office in general for the start um, has really boosted this team to where they are now. I mean, you look at the Lions' ability to draft their needs. That was better than any other team, in my opinion, this year in the draft. But then they just have to stay healthy. I, I think the attitude is really good in the locker room, which is really hard to do in the NFL, is keep everybody happy. Um, but what, are, like, like you said, Connor, just now, um, but what are your opinions on Dan Campbell as a coach? And do you believe he can kind of keep this up? Look, man, as a Saints fan, yeah. he is the one that got away to me. Yeah. It feels like oh, yeah. he was. He we had him in the building as <laughs> on our staff, man, and he went off to Detroit, and then Sean Payton retired out of nowhere, and now we're stuck with Dennis Allen and um, watching those guys and, and Pete Carmichael, <laughs> absolutely just clown show. Uh, this my my beloved Saints organization, the entire state of Louisiana. At that, yeah. yeah. How'd yeah. y'all lose to the Texans? Here Aww. we go. Here we go. Well, what are your opinions on Dan Campbell? I mean, I like him as a coach, of course. He's. I feel like he's really brought this Lions team up. And then, as far as can he keep this up throughout the season? Of course. I mean, I feel like they play the Ravens next week. That's mm-hmm. one of their harder competitors, and they play the Cowboys, wishy washy Cowboys, towards the end of the season. I mean, yep. I just feel like it's too easy. He can't mess this up if he keeps doing what coaching how he's coaching. Yeah, I think he's going to keep it up. Um, but I've told Nathan this before. I, I believe that Dan Campbell is a top 10 NFL coach. Uh, this guy should be the prime example for coaches to see the balance kind of between a player's coach and a disciplinary coach kind of mm-hmm. in the same way. He knows when to discipline his guys, and he's won them over completely. These guys have bought into it, and they're winning. They're winning. And so – what has surprised you most, though, about Detroit this season? For me, it's it's the defense. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I, I had a really good feeling his offense was going to be good coming into this season, um, just from what we saw last year with the guys like Amon Ra and then the way they drafted Jameer Gibbs, who they haven't used a whole lot. But um, regardless, the defense has been a lot better than I thought it was going to be, yep. especially guys like Aiden Hutchinson. He's really stepped up and has been outstanding for this team. Alex Anzalone, man. Him, too, mm-hmm. which... The Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, man. me neither. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say the defense, too. I mean, their only loss to the Seahawks, they lost by a touchdown. But the defense admitted that they played sloppy, and that was the game where they acquired the most penalties. I mean, since then, I feel like we've seen little to no mistakes on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, for y'all, I mean, y'all said the defense. But for me, I would say the biggest surprise for me is how consistent that Jared Goff has been. I mean, his past, it shows. He, he's not the greatest quarterback. but you, you saw it, how good he was for a couple of years with the Rams. Yeah, and then, and then just, the drop-off. Drop the drop-off, yeah. And the but, comeback has been crazy. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's kind of, I guess, what surprised me so much is I, I get they have talent, but it's not overpowering, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just feels right for those guys to go in and kind of show up every week. You know, you have Josh Reynolds, and then you have uh, Laporta, Sam Laporta, you have all these guys, obviously, you know, I mean, you have Amon St. Brown, but they, it just all feels like a puzzle piece, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I'm getting to. But right. another topic in the NFL has been surfacing where a video of Aaron Rodgers throwing uh, was all over social media. There's been a lot of rumors about him coming back, but I want to get y'all take on it real quick. Do you think it's even possible for him to come back this season? I yeah. Mean, uh, go ahead, Raven. Well, yeah, I'm going to go. go with no. Let's face it. Aaron Rodgers is old. And he's not in his prime anymore. I mean, and think about how severe the injury was. To me, it's a little bit too quick. I mean, no, he's way too quick. I mean, I don't have him coming back to like week thirteen. If the if he even. I mean, that's still coming back. back though. 
I know, but this early, it just seems like they're sabotaging themselves. He's going to get hurt again. But he's got that metal plate in his heel now. That they That's something they've his, never done, apparently, I with an like Achilles his, injury. I his age. Yeah, I, I could see factor. it. I could see it. Me, I'd, I'd, if you asked me six weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. Okay. But I do. as far as the, the video of him throwing, I think people are maybe overreacting that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Your Achilles yeah. is not in your arm. Well, but he was he was still like right the he way was still he was walking, walking yeah. around. Uh, so you saw him walking through the tunnel and stuff like I that. Mean, he's gonna be like Joe Burrow two Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah. he um, it's 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 really impressive. I, part of it's the metal plate, like you said, Andre. I think, and then man, maybe it's those dolphin mating sounds he's been listening to, bro. Maybe <laughs> it's working. Maybe so, and I, I think it's definitely possible. Like you said, if you would have told me this weeks ago, I said no shot. You know, no way, Jose. But I think it's definitely possible with the way that I saw him walking, just walking in the video. He wasn't even like, dude, an Achilles injury? That's one of the yeah. most painful things to experience. Yeah. And, like, you, you don't even, even see even, much of, a, like, a limp. he had a boot on. He, no, he like didn't. Yeah. he didn't. He was walking just with a shoe on. Yeah. I mean, I know he has that metal plate in his heel, so I wonder if that really will heal him faster. But if I know Aaron Rodgers, he's going to try everything that he can do to get back to play. But I feel like that's the problem. He's going to be too eager to play. Probably so. I, I mean, I still think <laughs> metal plate foot <laughs> footed uh, Aaron Rodgers is better a thousand times Wilson. better than Zach Wilson, right? He's bionic human <laughs> now, man. But, I mean, if he does come back, how much does this change things for the Jets? I mean, that defense really showed out against Philly. And then without them, they played so well against the Chiefs. You just you you've seen this team not quit. It's been huge. It reminds me a little bit with the way the defense has stepped up, as when um, Drew Brees would get hurt for the Saints, and the mm. defense would just play out of their minds. Yep. And that's what's happening with the Jets. And then when Drew Brees would come back, you'd see a drastic improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Jets. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, and like Andre said. Any form of Aaron, even just Aaron Rodgers is like cut off arm on the field is yeah. a better is a better quarterback yeah. than, <laughs> than, uh, than Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson completely fine. <laughs> yeah, I like anything is an improvement over that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> Nathan, pretty much, yeah, took I mean, it'll the be words. a confidence boost for sure. I mean, you're getting your star quarterback back. But yeah. I just don't know if he should come back. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. Like I said, if he can find his way to play again this season, I think he should. And I think this team is gonna not—they're not gonna win no Super Bowl, right? Okay. Uh, but but they're gonna stir things up in terms of like seeding, I think. And I don't think they're like we said, Super Bowl contenders, but they could go and surprise a team, you know, in the yeah. playoffs and maybe beat somebody. But uh, finally, within the NFL, Ryan Tannehill has just proved to hold this Tennessee Titans offense back, and Malik Willis actually went in. And showed out. Uh, he got Tannehill got benched, and then Malik Willis went in, went four for five, threw a touchdown, and then had seventy three yards. So, should he get the start from here on out? I don't see why not. If you're if you're the Titans right now, if you're Mike Vrabel, you should be just trying whatever you can. Yeah, you and yeah. I mean, the Titans have not been like horrific, but they haven't not been. Good. The, the offense has not been good. Look, look, the defense has been good for him, but that's about it. Just think about it. I'm yeah. sorry, Raven. Like. Just think about it. This team was the number one seed yes. two years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Where did that go? Ryan Tannehill, I don't think he's ever really been the and guy. And it was he, always him holding them back. Yeah. It was always him. Yeah. But what were you going to say, Nick? I, I mean, mean yeah, I mean, I completely agree. At this point in the season, you try anything. This mm-hmm. t- 
Tennessee team, this Titans team, I'm a Texans fan. They're in my division. They are too talented to be having the season that they are. I mean, despite the loss, Willis gave them a fighting chance of winning, which is what they've yet, which is what yeah. they've yet to Have, get all yeah. season. Especially yeah. with Anthony Richardson being out now, you need mm-hmm. to be doing everything you can to try and win this division. Exactly. If you can. I mean, there's still a oh, chance. easily. Yeah. And, and I thought Malik Willis should get the star from day one, strictly because Tannehill was always overrated. Mm-hmm. It was an age thing. And I don't know why Vrabel is pulling a Belichick right now, just going with a guy that he's, you know, I don't know, just thinks is good and he's not. And, right. and same thing with Mac Jones. I think Bailey Zappi should end up getting the start for New England. It's kind of the same situation down in Tennessee. I I think that Malik Willis should have always got the start. He's more mobile. He opens up the offense. Right. Yeah, Will Levis, too, in Tennessee. Exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would not start Will Levis. No, no, but I, I mean, it's a possibility. But Malik Willis has yeah. showed he could play. Right. Yeah, but with the NBA season approaching, I just want to give our way to early predictions, uh, starting off with who will win MVP. So I have LeBron James winning the MVP. At what, 40 years old now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like LeBron is going to be in the NBA soon. He's, he's and I feel like until LeBron gets to the NBA, he's going to give it a fighting chance. I've, I've learned not to, to disrespect LeBron's playing ability. Okay. Yeah. A lot of other things about LeBron. I he ages like strength. fine wine. Yeah, man. but um, I, don't, I don't see him winning the MVP. I'm not going to totally count it out. But yeah. I've got Jokic winning again. Um, I think he got robbed last year. He did. Um, he doesn't I, even care either. No, he didn't. He could not care less. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think he'll win it because even though he doesn't care, he's still the best player in the league. Yeah, and he doesn't even care that yeah. he is literally like he. I love that about Jokic. She has that don't care attitude. He just wants to go yeah. home and ride his horses. I man. mean, won the finals. And you know, I don't was like, like that's that's real. Yeah, that's dude. like the Devin White type stuff. Yeah, like, Devin White just at the end of the day, he wants to play with you know Daisy yeah. May. It's literally but. it's just like like. It's it's like he's working at McDonald's. Like it's the same thing to him. Yeah, just, it's like a, a real job. He's he's going an, nine. He's this, counting down the hours to go home. He clocks in nine to five and clocks out. <laughs> yeah, um, call me crazy. I'm gonna go with Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, I get. I know that's crazy. He's a really good player, but it's gonna take the Thunder being good. Yeah, that that really that's yeah. really what it comes down to. That's kind of I, I wanted to say Jokic. That's a boring pick in my opinion. Yeah, that is a um, way too early. I think it's the right pick. I think pick, it's though. the right pick. Yes, I do. So I'm gonna I'm going with fun pick. Because I knew someone was gonna <laughs> yeah. pick Jokic. But who wins rookie of the year? I think Victor Wimbenyama. Um yeah. unless he like snaps in half somehow, which is possible with yeah. his frame. Um yeah. it, I think he's gonna win it in a landslide just because of the preseason hype. Like he could be like Oh, yeah, the media loves Yeah, Wimby. the media mm-hmm. loves them some Victor Wimby, y'all. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Nathan, but my fun pick is Cam Whitmore. I mean, I like that. I drafted through the Rockets. The Rockets, they're a new team. I feel like if he yep. can really shine, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go Wimby, and, and I'm going to kind of b- talk about yours. I like Cam Whitmore just because, like you said, the Rockets are a new team. Mm-hmm. They're being led by a former Celtics coach now, and they just have young talent. Right. A lot of young talent now. And uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go Wimby, though. Uh, but who's going to be your most surprising team? I've got the Thunder as one of them. I think that's also a pretty easy pick. Yeah. Um, Chet, so Chet's it, back. Chet's back. It might not even be much of a surprise if they are good at this point. Eh, I, I think so. I looked at the odds uh, for yeah. the finals, and they're down there. They're down well, there with like I don't think they'll be all the way up to the finals, but well, no, no, but this I'm, I'm lo- I was looking at odds and they yeah. were like in the bottom half, and yeah. I was like, this team's gonna go and make the playoffs, right? right? Another one I think 
that a lot, a lot of people is maybe the Blazers. I think they made out actually really well. Mm-hmm. I like that with the the uh, Dame trade, and I think that they could be a lot more competitive than people are, yeah. are counting on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have the Thunder, but I also have the Lakers because I mean, LeBron. You look at their roster. This and is just, a stellar team at the end of the day. They're just old. They are. They're they're old. I think the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers are going to be good. I think mm-hmm. they're just. I don't think that's going to surprise people. Though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think. I think with, that's expected from them. Yeah, right? with, especially with the way they finished last year. Yeah. I don't. They had a I really good finish last see, year. Yeah. And, and with LeBron playing the way he's been playing, man, I think it's expected now. Uh, but I just hear so much Lakers slander. It's like whenever I'm like, oh, the Lakers people. Because like, no one nah. likes. No. Yeah. No one likes seeing those big name teams win, which is true. But I'm going to say the Thunder surprised a lot of people. End up knocking a big power team out the playoffs. That's my kind of hot prediction. Uh, but what what is your NBA Finals prediction? So I have Nuggets and 76ers, actually. I feel I like, like Joel and Beat like is hungry. And I feel like this Nuggets team, they're still dominant. It was hard to beat them last year, and yep. I feel like it'll be the same this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the 76ers. I think they're kind of in shambles right now, I believe. Um, James Harden is... Feels like he's trying to sabotage that organization. Oh, he's 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 like, if I'm going down, y'all are all coming with me. It's just um, crazy because like in typical a, James Harden fashion. Yeah. So. yeah, it's like they don't recognize the weapons that they actually have. Like the 76ers should be so much better than they actually are. The, the process true. has not worked. They've trusted the process. It, it's worked until they, they fired Doc Rivers. Yeah, they tr- I feel like they trusted the process, and the process lied to them. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah that's that's a good that's a good analysis. Yeah. yeah. Um, for mine, I'm going to go with Milwaukee and Phoenix. I like um, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to be my pick. Phoenix, my thing is they just don't have a big man. Like, yeah, true. Straight up, they just they don't have a big man now. And they don't really have a true point guard on the team. I mean, they have two shooting guards in Devin Booker and Bradley Bill. Don't get me wrong. These guys are going to be the best one-two, like, scoring in, in the league. But mm-hmm. they don't – as far as roles, I think roles are really important. You look at Bruce Brown and what they what he did with the Nuggets last year. I mean, he just played that small forward role so well. Um, but they just don't have a guy to play point guard, just right. point guard in the position. But I'm going to go with the Bucks and the Warriors. I think the Warriors are just so uh, – I, I mean, I, I'm going with the Warriors. I, 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 don't, I feel like I don't yeah. have to, like, explain why. Yeah. you know. But finally, it's time, uh, lastly, for the Poo Poo Bruce Art of the Week, where this goes out to the worst performance of the week. So, Nate, we're going to start with you. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – Familiar face around the Poo Poo Bruce Art <laughs> segment uh, mm-hmm. here, yep. Mr. Pete Carmichael. <laughs> Um. No, uh, this is his second time. I feel like we should uh, <laughs> probably more than that, if we're being honest. Maybe not, but definitely, yeah. At least his second time. He's a he's a recurring guest here on yes. Poo Broussard. He, um, he might have his own plaque at some point, <laughs> yeah. somewhere right here. Yeah, he might win Poo Broussard of the Year at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I like that. So yeah, if you didn't catch the game, the Saints game, he we we had the so Derek Carr sorry had 353 yards of total offense a lot and the Saints scored 13 points yeah not ah. sure how that works out one touchdown and bro. then the red zone offense is just awful as you can see two from turnovers that stat. two turnovers and then my biggest thing is you you have 30 seconds left right in mm-hmm. this game the Saints are down by a touchdown yep you're in the red zone to tie the game yep and, or maybe we're, I think we're at like the 30 yard line something like that still you need 10 yards you you have it's a first and ten. There's thirty seconds left. Well, You're around the thirty yard line, and then you you have a timeout left still. P. Carmichael takes four straight shots thirty yards downfield, just trying to get a touchdown instead of getting the ten yards for a first down, <laughs> which 
blew my mind. I don't know how you have a job doing that. Honestly. He played the exact same four plays. It was the exact same four plays. It was like four verts every single play. And every throw was almost worst from yeah, their car. It was, it was, it was just so, boo-wee. so bad of a way to end the game. Like, actually horrific. That, that ruined my mood. For yeah, the rest it was of the, rest it was of the bad. day. Ruined I was my Sunday. Like, yeah. But, um, so yeah, P. Carmichael, P. welcome back to Poo Poo Broussard. <laughs> so, my Poo Poo Broussard is Cowboys fans because. I was on the phone with my friend Darren last night. He calls me because he does every time after the Cowboys. And he's like, oh, you saw we win. We're going to the Super Bowl. And I was like, okay. He's like, if we don't go to the Super Bowl this year, we're going next year. And I was like, okay. Wow. So. He's already covering for next year. <laughs> I was like, so. Wow. Crazy. Typical <laughs> Cowboys fans. Typical. All of them. They're all very delusional. Okay, so you lost to the 28th worst team in the NFL. You lost. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. You lost. Then you barely beat the 21st worst team. In the NFL, and you think that you have a true shot at making it to a Super Bowl in the next two years. But the problem, okay, so I'm a Texans fan. The Texans are bad, okay? But I know that they're bad. Cowboys fans think that the Cowboys are good. What's his you name? You guys are not good. Darian Darren. Flynn. And Darren I quote, Flynn, Does he watch this? No, you but gotta make watch him, he, You got to make him watch Darren Flynn, yeah. you are Ravens poopy Bruce. <laughs> you, are, you are my, because that's, he was so serious. Like, he literally ended up hanging up. On me yesterday, he was like, "You have to." I was like, "You have to be realistic." And Logan, he was like, "I am," yeah. and I Logan. was like, "Okay." Whatever. Saying saying if we don't win it next year, we're it, or if we don't win it this year, we're winning it next year is crazy to say. It's you so gotta crazy. you gotta tone it down <laughs> a little bit. They're all like like they're the most delusional people on earth. Like Sam more delusional than a D one athlete entertaining a random girl. Wow, <laughs> that's one analogy. That's a Robert Griffin the Third analogy right there. Um, I'm going to go with Lincoln Riley. I mean, I think he, he led 48 points on a Notre Dame offense that only scored like 13 against, or no, I'm sorry, 20 against Louisville. Um, so he will never be able to have a good defense. Uh, Lincoln Riley, you tried to duck the SEC, but you can't even duck Notre Dame. Um, Lincoln Riley, I mean, it's as simple as this. Lincoln Riley, you are my poo-poo Broussard of the week. Uh, so... That will do it here for us today. Big thank you to Nathan Messina and Raven Freeman for joining me. I'm Andre Champagne, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.